Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the first book of Kings, Melachim Aleph, with chapter 21, that is Perak Chaf Aleph. And today we will read about one of the most painfully difficult to read sections in this book of Melachim. Um, uh, just something, just uh, Achav and his wife, Queen Izevel, just stooping to the depths of depravity. Um, I know I'm, I'm giving a spoiler here, but I'm sorry. I just, I just got to do it just because it's difficult and painful to read. But it's important for us to read just to know and understand just how um, evil Achav and even more importantly, Izevel is, um, just so that we can get a sense for how, how far they had sunk morally. Uh, remember that in the previous chapter, we got a glimpse of some slight redeeming factors in Achav, where he did follow the instructions, to some degree at least, of the, of the prophets of God. At least he was consulting with the prophets of God instead of uh, the prophets of Baal, who seemed to have disappeared for a while, after the, at least from Achav's life, after the Mount Carmel, Hara Carmel episode. But... Um, but he didn't exactly become a great guy. Uh, we saw how he aligned himself with, with the king of Aram, um, even though the king of Aram was a despicable, uh, rapacious murderer. But um, uh, it's, And for that, he was criticized. And all he did when he was criticized, instead of uh, repenting, instead of changing his ways, was to, to basically rush off in a huff and a puff and an anger and a depression. Uh, and we're going to see him do something similar a little bit later this chapter. But first, let's begin uh, with the story. Um, we're going to divide this chapter into two halves, uh, like I usually try to do to keep the podcasts reasonably uh, short. We're after these events. So now we're talking, in other words, his two major victories against Aram. So he's riding high. Um, in, in terms of his kingdom. And Kerem Hayalin Navot Hayizraeli. There was a man named Navot who lived in Jezreel, in the Jezreel Valley, uh, and he had a vineyard, Asher Bi Israel. His vineyard was in Jezreel. Asher Eitzel Hechal Achav Melech Shomron, which was near the palace of Achav, the king of Shomron. Since it was nearby, Achav had seen it. It was apparently a beautiful orchard. Um, it's a fertile area to this day, and, um, and it must have been a beautiful orchard, and it was right near Achav's palace. It would have been perfect for Achav. So, Vaidaber Achav el Navot Lemar. And Achav said to Navot, saying as follows Tina li et karmacha, give me your vineyard. Vihili liganyorak, and I will make it into a garden, a, a, a green garden, a, or a vegetable garden. It's right near my palace. It's a perfect location. I can make a nice garden there. And in its place, I'll give you another vineyard that's even better. If that's what you want. Uh, and I'm sorry. Or if you want, if it's better, I'll give you this and this price. And presumably it was a, it was a fair market value. And Achav thinks he's giving him a good deal. Now, um... He, he, he didn't even say please. No, he didn't say ana tenali or anything like that. He just said, give me, and I'll make you a deal. And Achav thinks this is reasonable. 
But Navos doesn't think this is reasonable. He answers by Umar Navot El Achav. Navos says to Achav, Chalilali me Adonai. God forbid me, right? Nititi et Nachalatavutailach, that I should give you the inheritance that I received from my forefathers. In other words, this land is not just a piece of land with a nice vineyard on it. This is the land I inherited from my from my ancestors. This has been in my family in the same way they passed it on to me. He presumably wants to pass it on to his heirs, and and this is not something that he that he was ready to do. So vayavo achav el beito, and achav then went home. Sar vizoif. This is the same words that were used after achav was criticized by the prophets, uh, by the prophet last time for not uh, um, for making an alliance with his defeated enemy Ben Hadad of Aram. Sar vizoif. Uh, upset and, and, and depressed, just angry and, and in a grumpy mood. Al Hadavar over the thing Asher Dibre Lav Navot Israeli. In other words, uh, regarding the answer that Navot from Jezreel had given him. Vayomer, he said, Lo because he had said that he wouldn't want to give him the inheritance he had received from his forefathers. So, and he lay down in his bed, and he turned his head to the wall, he didn't even want to eat. Like a little kid, he doesn't get what he wants. He's grumpy. He lies down in bed. I don't want to talk to anybody. I'm not going to eat. So, it does not come off as a very mature man, but he's deliberately being described that way. Vatavo elav izevel ishto. So his wife, Jezebel, Izevel comes to him and says, Vatadaber elav, ma Why are you so upset? Vein chalacham, and you're not even eating. And he told her, Ki Israeli, because I spoke to Navot from Jezreel, and I told him, Give me your vineyard for either money or I'll replace it with another vineyard. And he said, I'm not going to give it to you. Note, that's all he says in his answer is, No, I'm not going to give it. But Navot said something much more than that. He didn't just refuse, he explained why. But in Achav's mind, this was unreasonable for, for Navot to say that. What do you mean? I made a reasonable offer. He should agree. You know, uh, Achav is a typical narcissist who only sees things from his own perspective and is un- incapable of seeing where Navot is coming from. But Tomer love Izevel Ishto, so Izevel, his wife, said, Ata, Ata al Right? Now, you should start acting and show that you're a king over Israel. You know, now presumably means this is an opportunity for you to show that you're the boss. Get up and eat. And, and cheer yourself up. I'll make sure I give you and get it for you, the vineyard of Novote Israeli. At this point, Achav would, would, could, could reasonably assume that maybe she'll talk to him, convince him. But he probably knew her well enough to understand that he, he said she probably had a much more devious plan in mind. So what did she do? She wrote uh, letters in the name of the king, Achav, and signed with his seal. Right? And she sent it to the elders and the nobles that, that, that were in charge of the city where Novot lived. And she wrote as follows, Proclaim a fast. And when you proclaim a fast, put Navot in front. 
Vihoshivu Shnayim Anashim Negdo. And and find two unscrupulous, good for nothing people that are, that will say anything for a few bucks. Put them in front of him, and let them uh, say testimony about him. That he cursed God and the king. And then you can condemn him to death. So in other words, set up and. Um, and set up a false accusation, bring false witnesses, and set it up so that he should die. Now, clearly, we're going to see in a minute why she wanted to do it this way. Like, she could have hired a hitman just to kill him. But the thing is, is that, as we're going to see soon, the only... Achav has to get the field and not just kill Navos. If Navos were to just die under some other circumstance... It's not necessarily the case that the field would become Achavs, right? I, there's several ways to understand this, but this is the seems to be the most clear way from the from the verses, you know. But for Achav to get the field, when someone is killed because they curse the king, because they're convicted of a crime against the king, it's very common in systems of ancient law that the king then confiscates that person's property. So she needed to set this up this way. And have Nabos killed. And the people of the town, the leaders uh, that lived in his city, right, did um, did exactly as Izevel had instructed them to do, as it was written in the letters that she had sent to them. So it just, just gives you a sense of just how deeply corrupt the government and the people were. That the queen is does something like that, which is despicable to say the least, and and then the noblemen just follow her instructions as if it's fine. I, it's 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 just awful to think of just how deeply corrupt. When we read the words of the prophets that we've studied together over the years in this podcast about the corrupt courts and the corrupt leadership, I mean, if this doesn't serve as an example of just how awful they were, I, I can't imagine what was. So they they, those two men that they had hired, those two good-for-nothing people, and they stood next to him, they sat next to him, and they testified, those good-for-nothing people, they testified at Navot against Navot, opposite all the people, Lamar saying, Navot uh, cursed God and the king, and they took him out of the city, and they stoned him, and he died. Navot has, has been stoned and he has been put to death. When Izevel heard that Navot was stoned and he died, Izevel said to Achav, Go ahead and take possession of the vineyard of Navot from Jezreel. Asher me'ein lases the one who refused to give it to you for money, ki navot because he's no longer alive, he is dead. So when Achav heard from his wife that Navot was dead, and Achav gets up and goes down to the vineyard in order to take possession of it. This is the kind of person we're dealing with. He couldn't care less that uh, an innocent man was killed in order for him to take possession of the field. Yeah, I got the field now. The kind of person who can take possession of a field like that 
is, uh, I, I don't even know. I don't know what the words there are for such a person. And he, worse yet, um, Izevel, who can just so, so callously t- take someone's life just for uh, possession of a material gain like this is just awful to think about. But this um, episode is purposely being brought here in order for us to see what kind of people we're dealing with, why Izevel and Achav were such awful, awful, awful leaders. So I'm going to stop here. We'll study the rest of the chapter in the next podcast. Thank you so much for studying together. Look forward to completing this chapter together, this entire book together. Have a wonderful day.